Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast. From studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong. Ready. All right. Welcome, Pod- Dynamax Podcast listeners. I think this is number seven. Am I right, Matt? 007. Hard to believe. Seven. I know. Now we've done seven of these. we got to upgrade our uh, SoundCloud account now, which okay. I started with the uh, with the small one to see if we'd make it. Yep. We made it. So now we're going right. to go for the top one. I'll take care of it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm right. pumped that we made it there. So anyway, after seven weeks, we've we're now that much closer to the push pull, which is August 5th. And I think if you check our website, it's like 14 days and 18 hours. He's got it down to the hours and minutes. Yeah, you get down to the second. So be training, everybody. Be ready. You're probably backing your training off if you're getting ready for this. But uh, if you haven't entered, get those in because we're filling up fast. And if you haven't checked it out yet, be sure to check out the new Dynamax website, www.dyna-max.com. It was developed by a Dynamax trainer, Brian Harris, from Bold Universe. If you're small, and by small they mean all the way down to a doing business as or medium-sized business owner, Bold Universe can help you achieve the web gains your business needs. Check them out at bold, as in the opposite of shy, universe.com. Again, that's bolduniverse.com or call them at directly at 207-298-9467. And again, that's Brian Harris at bolduniverse.com. All of our apparel is going to be available on the site tomorrow. All the Dynamax swag. Order whatever you want and pay for it on the online. Right. We have t-shirts, t-shirts, hats. You, no hats yet. No hats yet. Okay. Everything but. Backpacks, Every- water bottles. No kidding. Sweet. Sweatshirts, hoodies, zip-ups. Sweet. All right. So, we've got a very special guest. Uh-huh. Melinda Hurt. Dr. Hurt. Thank you for taking time. You, know, you worked all day. Thanks for coming. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you for having we me. We really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Um, so, first and foremost, you're a powerlifter. I stole from your Instagram. Correct me if I'm wrong. You got a 395 squat, 230 bench, 430 deadlift. Yep. Actually, the deadlift is now 435, and the squat is no wraps or sleeves. There you go. Bare mm-hmm. knee, as raw as it gets. Um, so, before we go into your powerlifting and the training, which I think is what most people are curious about what I want to talk to you about so you're Dr. Hurt which has got to be about the coolest name for a physical (laughs) therapist ever Uh, and I'm kind of curious because it seems like you're really uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here you really are into what you do yes very much you're very passionate about it I am as a physical therapist Um, how did you is there something that happened when you were younger that made you want to be a physical therapist well, or did um, you kind of just choose it? I guess I'm just curious how you got the how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I kind of took a roundabout approach to uh, getting to become a physical therapist. I originally majored in psychology. I knew I was going into healthcare, but about halfway through the major, that was I realized it was way too gray, and I'm a much more black and white person. Right. I like having solid answers, and everything was based on some theory that depended on something else. So. I got through the major and I graduated from Boston University with a degree in psychology and then I decided that physical therapy was a better route because I was very athletic, I liked the athletic population, I thought I could really help people in this field. 
And psychology actually really comes in handy with this I'm field. Sure. So with the people that have a lot of pain and a lot of um, physical issues tend to come with a lot of psychological issues too. So it kind of complements each other very well. So I took a couple years off between um, undergrad and grad school, got some extra prerequisites um, to get back into grad school, and then went to University of New England for um, graduate school. Graduated there with my doctorate in physical therapy. Wowzers. And yeah. she's very good. She's fixed my back a couple times. Oh, oh thanks. <laughs> I was going to say, you, uh, it seemed, when, when I first started coming to Dynamax, it seemed like I'd always see at least one person had their knee taped mm -hmm. or elbow taped or back taped or yep. something. You're always, it seems like you're always helping people out yes, here. Yes, yes. I definitely, I, um, I definitely like to help people and I give away a lot of services for free which probably isn't good but I just feel like if there's something I can do and I have the knowledge to do it and it's something simple that can be helping another lifter then um, if I, you know whether it be a little bit of tape or extra stretch to show them something that can help them move, like progress their lifting then I I um, have a hard time not offering it's hard that to help. say no so, yeah especially yep. when it's a, a friend local yeah, oh, you know, yeah. gym and buddy exactly Exactly. We're all pretty good friends in here, so. Tight-knit group. Yep. And going forward, she may just be lightly treating a few people because I'm going to fix up one of the rooms here. Well, yeah, on like a re Very, very like PT, casual. Not really PT, more like a for lifting purposes. So yes. anybody that needs help with stuff with lifting um, that may be a little more on the rehabilitation side, sure. we can definitely help a little bit with. First. A lot of what you see her doing now, just with a better space to do it instead of laying on our benches. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's exactly. What was, that's what I was trying to say. Yep. So you uh, you help a lot of people here, mm -hmm. obviously with lifting related sores, pains, injuries. Exactly. Yep. At, at, where you work, what are you mostly treating there? What's the co what are the common injuries you see? A lot of uh, very similar injuries, but also um, so I have a big handful of powerlifters or CrossFitters actually, because I I actually will admit that I used to do CrossFit, so I have a really good we won't understanding. Hold that against you. Thank you. <laughs> but you know, people are very passionate about CrossFit, and oh, I did yeah. CrossFit for uh, several years, so I have a huge knowledge really? of that too. So it's something that. Um, repetitive injury is very common in so it's something I can help a lot with because I understand the movements and I actually did it myself so between the crossfitting and the powerlifting I have a lot of strength clients a lot of crossfitters and a lot of people that like to Olympic lift um, just different different variations of strength training okay. um, so that's one handful of people I see and then I see a lot of weekend warriors that haven't been you know maybe haven't been to the gym in quite a few years and then they decide to go hit a boot camp class hard for four months and then everything starts falling apart so, yeah, so I get a lot of those people and then I have people of all ages so I have see some small children a lot of like high school athletes um, you know your typical growing pain injuries with high school athletes and then I see a lot of I actually have set, like a handful of elderly patients too um, that I treat also Okay. So a wide spectrum of patients, mostly um, outpatient orthopedic type injuries. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting that you treat a lot of people who are doing strength training. So when I, I've been to some very light physical therapy mm -hmm. and my what I really appreciated about it was that my physical therapist was, you know, lifted basically. Yeah. Yep. And they, we could connect on a much better it's important. Yeah, it's yeah. very important because I've been to doctors before for injuries. You know, your typical, uh, typical doctor, typical, typical checkup, and they've said, "Well, maybe you should stop lifting weights." Yeah, like, or squatting's me? bad for you. Right, yeah, I exactly. hear that all the time. Don't squat; it's bad for you. I, my thing with my patients is when they come to see me, whatever they love to do, 
we're going to try to get them back to doing it. And we're going to try not to take them out of it at all. So if I can tape and keep them pain-free and they can continue to do what they love to do without taking time off, I'm going to do my best to do that for them. So I'm not ever going to tell somebody they should stop doing something. I mean, unless it's ludicrous. I just, right. you know, within reason, if it's something, if, you know, I don't do CrossFit anymore. It's not, not for me necessarily, but I'll never tell someone to stop doing it. I'm going to just try to help you to get back to doing what you love. To get back to whatever yeah. level of CrossFit I they I think made. that's why we go into PT, to help people do what they love, not to tell them they shouldn't do it anymore. Right, not to patch them up and now have them sit on the couch for the rest of their you life, but to yep. keep them moving forward and keep them progressing. Yep, exactly. I mean, everything in life is repetitive and is going to bring up, you know, we're eventually wearing and tearing and we're all going to get some degree of arthritis. Is that going to stop us from doing what we love? Not in my opinion. So you said you did CrossFit. Um, did you do CrossFit before powerlifting? Yes, actually I did. Wow. Yep. That's how I got into powerlifting. The CrossFit gym I had um, also offered a powerlifting class and I just dabbled in it a little bit. I actually injured myself doing a CrossFit workout. So I was having a hard time doing some of the really ballistic movements. So I thought, well, let me bench press for today and see what happens. And um, I was actually surprisingly really good at it. And I was mediocre at CrossFit. So I thought, well, I'm really good at this. Why am I gonna keep doing the CrossFit if I'm only so-so at this? I was really good at the strength part of CrossFit, right. but not so much the, the body weight and the endurance um, aspects. And I was great at those. Really? It was the running and the sprinting, you know, the the um, those kinds of things that were much tougher. Wow. So strength aspects were great. So I thought, well, I'm really good at this. I might as well dabble in this for a little while. And then I just ended up loving it, falling in love with it. So, so pre-CrossFit, did you have any experience in the gym? Um, yes, but I was like a runner. <laughs> I ran like seven miles a day, every day. So you were Not cardio very fast. Queen. I was a cardio junkie. Or I would hang on to an elliptical for 90 minutes. I would just sweat. And I would do P90X. That was my extent of That's strength training was P90X, Tony Orton, and I did this endurance training. And I was only ever mediocre at endurance. I never saw any like the physical changes that I wanted to see in my body. So the powerlifting has like CrossFit gave me some, but the powerlifting has, has really taken it to another level. Yep. It's helped me build a lot of muscle mass and allow me to eat whatever I want on the weekends. So. That's probably <laughs> the best part. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, it goes back to whenever we had Emily, what we're trying to get across to maybe ladies that want to come out here. This woman is, looks great. And oh, she, trains, she trains hard with weights. Mm -hmm. She's done with the other stuff. I, she well, says. I should do cardio for heart health. A little bit of heart and lungs. <laughs> Your heart and lungs can use I it. I haven't done cardio since last, it's been a year, a full year since I've done cardio. And I haven't put a single pound on. I've been able to maintain my body weight. And folks, ladies, With a good diet. I eat really well and consistent But she's in training. shape, ladies. So please. Give us, give this a try somewhere. Oh even yeah. If you don't come here, I'm not somebody that's ever run really lean and thin. So I've always had a little bit of a, you know, struggle with my weight. So the cardio just didn't do it for me. The no. strength training really pushed me to that next level and really helped me get a grip on on my weight and what I what I want to look like and what I want to, you know, do. Right. But the re her body responded with the shape that she's in. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So yeah, your your body has clearly responded to the powerlifting training. You're jacked. Oh, th <laughs> thank you. Jacked and tan. Yeah. And so pre, so you you powerlift now. You did CrossFit before that, mm -hmm. cardio queen before that. Were you? Did you do sports in high school? I did a little bit of track in high school, but I only did it to do the workouts. I never actually did any meets. So you I would show up to practices, <laughs> and I would just do the practice, and then I wouldn't show up to the meets. So it was more just to get the workout in. So do you, uh, I mean, were you good? 
I was, yeah, I was decent, but I was, I, you know, unfortunately no one ever introduced me to the strength aspect of track. It was always the running. So I was moderately good, but never, I probably would have been great at throwing shot put or something that was Chuck a strength. Chucking a javelin. Yeah, there. but I never had any experience with that. So, and I didn't have parents that were really athletic and pushed me into sports. They were more or less didn't want to drive me anywhere. So it was, <laughs> it was easy for them not, for me to not do sports. So. Um, I did a little gymnastics when I was younger. I was really good at that, um, but that was an expensive thing to do, and so oh, yeah. we didn't continue that as kids. So, um, so I really was on my own. So I just ended up becoming a runner because it was free, and I could do that by myself. And don't need um, any equipment. Started in middle school running on my own, and then I just progressed that through. Um, even through undergrad, I, I stuck with the running until I got into the P90X tapes, and then and then the CrossFit was the next thing. So, so did the CrossFit. Did you get into CrossFit after graduating with your undergrad, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or was it after during college? It was after I graduated graduate school, actually. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. so I didn't get into CrossFit until um, until I just got I just graduated graduate school and just started my first job. So that would have been in 2011. Your first big girl job. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Um. So CrossFit in 2011, powerlifting in. I would say 2013 was when I started powerlifting, like really just the end of 2013. So I just started trying it out. And then, so really, I guess you would say 2014 was the first year I started because it was like very, very much towards the end of 2013. So it's been about three years now. Three solid years? Yep. Three so when years. was your first meet? My first meet was the push pull, actually, that Dynamax put on. It was? Yeah, it was. It was, yep. It was in the old space next oh, yeah, door. Okay, okay. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that was my first meet and was really nervous, <laughs> but it was just a push pull. Nobody told me the squats were as scary as they are in a meet, but <laughs> it was good. It was a good experience. And then I just, um, from there, I did another um, two or three other Dynamax full meets. And then I've gone on to travel a little bit competing. So, how'd you do on your very first meet? The push pull? Yeah. I did really well. I think I deadlifted 345 pounds. I thought it was 350, yeah. Yep. yeah. And then bench pressed, I think, was 185. Wow. Or 187, yep. So I got to imagine that there weren't, how you probably were lifting a considerable amount more weight than some of the other ladies there. Did it kind of click that you were? No, I still don't really know where, you know, I still, I because I, I follow so many of these really strong women that I don't, really, I don't know, see myself as one of them. I just kind of, well, I don't know, always look to your idols, you know, but right. you don't always um, identify that you're you're becoming that strong, I guess. Yeah, to get those kind of numbers on your first meet is pretty crazy. Yeah, I didn't even know how good that was. I was <laughs> like, oh, is that good? I don't know. Cool. <laughs> Compare yourself to the other guys. Like, yeah, oh, well, like, well that's what he did. <laughs> well, you got to set the bar high. And yeah, I'm sure guess, that when yes. you saw that performance, you were like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, so Maddie, as someone who's been in this for a long time, Melinda's got to be one of the strongest ladies you bumped into. Absolutely. I mean, when yep. you when she started coming in, was it like super obvious or yeah. that, that she was? When I started, you know, she's just banging two and a quarter out on the squat, like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, That's my warm up. Everyone's yeah. like, "Who the hell is this?" Yeah. <laughs> Walked off the street. Yeah. So then I knew. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so your first full meet was a Dynamax meet or Fournier's? Yeah, um, nope, actually here at the space next okay. door before that space got sold. Yep, it was at... Oh, I did a full meet in there, you're right. I'm pretty... Yeah, oh, yeah I did my right. first full yes, meet there, and then right. my I did a meet in, at Fournier's yeah, afterwards. Right yep, yep, yep. 
And so you've gone on to compete in the RPS? Yep, the RPS Federation. And any other federations? Um, not at the moment, just RPS, but I will be doing the do Arnold, XPC, right? I think it is, right? Yeah, but the Arnold in March. So, so you qualified for the XPC through the RPS? You, yes, exactly. Okay. Yep. So you have to have a qualifying total for your weight class, and then you can um, go to the Arnold. So, yep. So did you hear that, everybody? She's going to the Arnold. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. I like to compete in my local meets, but the last meet I competed in was actually a little bit of eye-opening, so I went down to Connecticut and competed in the RPS and I had a great time but the I was my total was 200 pounds more than the second place total so I kind of thought right there I'm like okay I need to start going somewhere You're where there's some the competition so else, yeah. even though I probably won't come near the, the top competitors I need to start pushing myself and the only way I'm going to get better is if I go and travel and compete against women that are stronger than me so we talked about this a week ago yeah if I keep competing you know and not having a ton of competition it's not really so at this last the drive, I guess. right so at this last competition I beat everybody by 200 pounds and my I didn't even take my third deadlift because I was like well I hit what's the point what's the point right so well, I blow you back so I could have you know I pulled 435 but may, I might have had more in me who knows but I just it wasn't even worth taking the attempt where if I had some competition and we were going neck and neck then I would have pushed myself there to to go that extra mile so I need that to to grow as a lifter so you could you're competitive in nature no, no? Okay. <laughs> no, actually, but I'm realizing in this sport you have to be, so I'm, I'm becoming more competitive in nature. I'm actually pretty sweet and not very competitive. <laughs> I guess I'm competitive with myself, so yeah. That's, I'm not, that's the best approach. Yeah. We talked about that too. I'm, I'm very much competitive with myself. I have this big fear of failure, and I, I'm a perfectionist, so I push myself to you know, be as good as I can be and, and not let myself down, right, which is also a hindrance sometimes, but... Yeah, I found personally that letting yourself down is like the worst. You, you kind of almost don't care about how anybody else does at the beat if you miss a third attempt. Yeah. Or, or if something just goes wrong, maybe you went into a squat too fast mm -hmm. or you didn't take enough time setting up on the bench. And yep. you, ju you look back on it and it haunts you. But I'm starting to let that go because anything can happen in a meet. And, you know, I've, been go I've gone to meets where I've been, I'm going to get this squat and I wanted this specific number and then... Just because I didn't get that number, I was so disappointed, and that I, I got a great total and still won the meet. So, and I'm, it's like you can't focus so much on one number. You know, it's you want to progress and you want to see progress and you want to try to win, obviously, the meet. But you also can't get hung up on that one letdown. That's your own personal letdown because there's so many other good things that came out of that day. You know, so does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're talking about you're you're traveling. You're going all the way to Las Vegas, the other side of the Columbus. Columbus. Columbus? Oh, it's in Ohio. Yeah. I thought yep. they were in the Mr. Olympia oh, is in Vegas. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's a little bit better. So, anyways, you're traveling. You're gonna, I don't know. Vegas would be pretty cool. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not traveling as far, but you are. You're buying a plane ticket. You're going through all the effort. You got to yep. bring all the smelly powerlifting gear on the plane to get to the meet, so you can have this better competition. Do you have you been scoping out who your competition may be, like on Instagram or powerlifting? watch uh, you know, or you're always keeping an eye on it but I don't know I haven't I haven't checked specifically who's gonna go to the Arnold next year you still have through the rest of the year to qualify for the Arnold so that, I mean it could be anybody by the end of the year and RPS is doing a huge women's um, pro-am meet so they have to have a qualifying total to do the RPS meet this fall so I'm sure we'll get some top women lifters out of that meet going to the Arnold too so so I'm not I don't know I'm just kind of I want to kind of go in a little bit ignorant and just do my best and that's probably a good way to approach yeah. it. <laughs> it's a great way to do it. 
Because if you don't want to psych yourself out, I don't get too hung up on you know. But there's not like one lady like I'm gonna kick her ass. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm, see, I'm not that competitive. I'm just like, yeah, I'll just go and do my best. <laughs> so, I I'm, try to be. I'm trying to find that competitive edge. So. So when is that meet? Mm, it's in March. So I'll be doing one in October. I've never worn knee wraps, and in the Arnold, they have um, knee wraps, sleeves, and no wraps are all in the same category, where in the RPS, no wraps, no sleeves is your own separate category. So I'd be at a disadvantage to not Absolutely. use wraps. So I think I'm going to do one meet this fall just to test out the wraps. I'm starting to train with them now, and they're not fun. but No, they suck. They're yep. such a pain in the ass. Yep, but I definitely need to figure out how to use them. So I'm going to do a, like a... Not a meet that I'm going to, I'm not going to put a lot of pressure on myself in this next meet coming up in the fall. I'm going to just do it as a training meet to learn the wraps and learn the timing to get ready for squats. And then hopefully that will help me a lot with the Arnold coming up in March. I don't know. I've been squatting with knee wraps because in the APF, raw is yeah, anything yeah. pretty much. Okay. You're either bare knee, with sleeves, with wraps. It's all in the same. Am I right, Matt? Yeah, is that right? Well, it's allowed. It's allowed, yeah. right? It's all under raw. It's, it's not like raw. there's a raw with wraps, raw with sleeves. Okay. Well, they threw in a classic, but I'm not. It's just too many things, so I'm just calling raw. Is classic like nothing I, at all? Yes. Belt, yeah, or other way around? It's very confusing. Okay. So I'm just calling. <laughs> if you come lifting our meets for raw, you can wear knee wraps or sleeves. Yeah. No. Okay. No suit. So same as the Arnold. Same kind yes. of thing as the Arnold. Yep. Um. Yeah. Knee wraps are such a pain in the ass because you got to time it. You know, the word, I mean, in training, it's it's one other thing because you're, when it's time to do the rap, your team knows. And they're going to help you out. You know, you're going to have someone dedicated for wrapping your knees. Someone's going to pull you out of the chair and you go right to the lift. In the, when you're actually at a meet, you got to, you know, when you hear that you're three or four people out, you got to start wrapping the I knees. I know. And, and you're already so nervous. And I just, yeah, time just goes like that in a meet. So, yeah, to me, like a wrapped. Squat and uh, having my knees wrapped for a squat is like being on, like when I'm under the bar and getting it wiggling myself in, it's like I'm at the top of the roller coaster looking down. Like to yeah. me, it's like the most exhilarating thing. I don't know, it sucks, it's a pain in the ass, it wipes me out. Like if I do four wrap squats in a in a, in a training day, it kicks my ass, you know. Mm. But you don't, now that I did my first meet in wraps, I did my second meet in wraps. I, I don't want to squat less, you know? Right, right. Once you start using them, yeah, you definitely want to. If you get those bigger numbers, you're not going to want to go backwards. That's exactly, for sure. right. Yep. You know, that, right, I, I, for me, I, I get almost 60 pounds out of yeah. uh, Once you figure out how to use them. For me right now, I've only done it a couple times, and it's more stability right now because as you, you, you rebound so fast. Right. But it, so I need to figure out that timing and that so that I'm a little more stable so I think once I figure out how to rebound like come out of the hole with them and, and keep tight and stable I'll get it down but I really haven't had a ton of training with it so I'm just starting with the wraps I've probably done two maybe one or two squat taste with them and not very much so I'm very very novice with the wraps so I'm not a big fan I'm really not enjoying they it but, <laughs> but my squats kind of plateauing around 405 in the gym 415 without them so I'm gonna oh, take it to the next level then you're gonna uh, you're gonna have a big squat <laughs> we'll see if I can figure out how to use them I, yes I'm sure you will for me, it was just a matter of pushing out, pushing your knees out. Right. And so I've got two pairs of wraps. I've got the a black pair, which is the Elite FTS Sidewinders, I yep. think they're called. They're pretty stretchy. And for those, those are, they're not very stiff. You mm -hmm. can go into them fast. And right. you can kind of get the confidence of, okay, I got this thing buckled onto my knee, but I can still dive into the hole and get out. 
And then the other wraps that I use are the uh, the Lily Bridge from Slingshot, Mark, Mark mm-hmm. Bell's brand, and those are like feels like you got an alli- oh yeah, yeah okay. it feels like you got an alligator biting on your knees. Yeah. And those it's hard to go, it's hard to go down fast, and I mm-hmm. think that going down fast. I mean, if you watch, I know Tom Callis is a 181er who squats 800, and he just dives into the hole and comes right back up. It's a matter of you know, it's like if you bench with a slingshot or if you bench with. Uh, your reverse bands, you got to keep that momentum going. Mm. So you got to move quickly. Um, Matt, I noticed I we were talking about squats the last um, podcast, yeah. talking about you know straight straight knee squat or straight shin squats versus bending the knee a little bit. Yeah, you have the three hundred eight record on the board for the raw squat. Yes, was that in wraps? Yes, I guess. How did you uh, going for, as a geared guy transition into? Squatting raw with wraps was it just you just took the, the the gear off or was it did you have to tweak other things bring your stance in stance I was bringing my stance out honestly and then I just learned that upright squatting technique at the time really that I used still and how long that was like a, it's it was a like 700 pound squat isn't it 705 I think how, when was that uh, maybe 80 Six? Something it was a like while that. ago. Yeah. Okay. And what was your best gear? Geared squat. Since then? Yeah. Eight oh five. Eight oh five. Yeah. So about a hundred pounds out of the yeah out of the gear. What yeah. do you think? You know. So eighty six is when you did the last. You know, your big raw. Yeah. But that, that eight oh five, that suit is hanging right behind you. I don't know if you, you could probably call it a raw eight oh five. This one. Right, just to the right a little bit. Right there. Oh, this one. No, this one. No, never mind. I'll show you sometime. Okay. <laughs> it's just a piece of crap. Yeah. But it was. You got. I guess it's called geared. Right. Well, it gives you some confidence too. Yeah. The eight oh five essentially would be raw by today's standards, but mm-hmm. the confidence is a very is a big part of it because when you've had a really someone who really knows how to get those knee wraps on and knows you know do they do you need more material behind the knee do you need to spread it out more you just. I mean, the first time, you know, say that 415 is your bare knee max, you throw the wraps on, and you shoot it out of the hole, you feel pretty good. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. This, <laughs> I haven't done that good. yet, but yes, this I'm sure. Well. Yep. You will. It just moves, it moves fast. Yeah, it does. Pra- Some of the wraps are so long now, I don't know who, what they allow where you go, but yeah. some are long enough you can get the coverage and the stuff behind the knee. You used to, used to have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. I either want to cover more of my knee, or I want or to build it up back here. Tuck it up behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think you can do both now. Are you going to be wrapping your own knees, or you're having someone else nope, wrap I'm going to have someone wrap them. That's, yeah, that's a good God. choice. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know what I'm doing, so. I've had, I've tried to wrap my own, and it, you think you're doing good, and then you get up to, like, the actual 90, 95%, and you're like, I don't, this is not working right. Yeah. I tried to wrap knees before, but I, you know. People are it's screaming at you back. that you're doing it wrong while you're just learning, and, and it just I just gave up. I was like, yeah, this isn't worth it. So. It doesn't help much. No. Well, if you're training that day, or you're, don't do it on a competition near a competition because your hands will be killing. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. for the deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. It's also about or you know helping someone with uh, knee wraps is probably the best forearm wor- forearm workout you'll ever have. <laughs> Rolling them up yeah. tight. Oh yeah, my God. you don't want to fatigue those yeah. before a squat or a deadlift competition. Absolutely not. 
So you mentioned that your your nutrition is pretty good. You eat well. Yep. Yep. What is a typical day of food look like for you? Do you meal prep? Do yes, you Are there certain foods that you stay away from? Certain foods no. you go towards? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess um, I'm just curious. You know, yeah. as a real strong lady, what what the hell are you yeah. eating? Yeah, I use the Renaissance periodization diet. Whoa! I worked, I've never heard of that. Oh, it's awesome. It's it's one of the best. It's actually um, pretty well well known. The it, Juggernaut. Um, uses it a lot too. They're good friends, I think. Chad and, um, Wesley Smith's uh, Chad training Wesley Smith. Yep. Program. And, uh, yep. And so um, the diet is. I actually paid someone to write me a diet, and the diet actually taught me how to time my meals around my workout. So when to eat carbs, when to eat fat, when to eat the proteins, how much to eat. Um, so I get up in the free morning. I have a couple um, eggs in the morning. I have some casein protein in the middle of my morning, which is the slow digesting protein. Okay. I have a protein vegetable at lunch, usually chicken and salad at lunch, and then um, a fat with that sometimes, sometimes a carb depending on the day. And then I have another casein protein shake in the middle of the day. Then I eat a protein and carb right before my workout. A starchy drink, carb? I have an apple usually. Okay, something, something quick. Something, something quick, yep. Something... Um, Fast digesting. Sure. Then High I on have, the glycemic index. Yeah, kind of, I guess. And then I have a full Gatorade during my workout because I eat the, those those carbs during help continue to fuel me. Right. That fire's burning hot. Yep. Throw them in. And then I eat a lot of carbs and a lot of protein and a little bit of fat after my workout. So I have a full protein shake after my workouts typically, like a whey protein shake. And then I eat a big meal after my workouts. And I train it between... 6 7 o'clock to 9, 9.30 at night, and I eat a huge meal around 10, 10.30, and it, it's, it's been consistently good because I'm timing it with my workouts. Now, that's not to say Friday night into Sunday evening, I am definitely drinking a little of the uh, funky juice and <laughs> eating whatever the hell I want because I've been so good all week that I kind of let it go. You know, I, I do the all-or-nothing approach to life, so... On the weekends, I have a little fun, and I don't think about it. If I want a burger or want a piece of pizza or... or beer, you don't worry about no, it? No, don't worry about it at all, because, no, come Monday, I'm right back on track, and I'm um, through the week, I don't stray, so... It's not, yeah, it sounds like you've got a really good balance, because I think a lot of... A lot of ladies, especially, get really stressed out about dieting. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, they find a diet. They see some fit chick on Instagram with, you know, ripped abs, and they see what her meal plan looks like, and they think that if they don't eat exactly that, that they're gonna balloon up to 300 pounds or something. But it seems like you've got a really good balance. Well, I used to be very hyper focused on being skinny. My whole family is like kind of, you know, everybody's got to be thin and lean and, and they're very focused on, which which promotes eating disorders and, and you're always worried about what you're eating and then you always feel guilty that you might have had that piece of pizza or some french fries. So powerlifting has actually taught me to be happy with my body and to be and to love my body, love my curves, love my muscles and not worry about being super skinny. I mean, I don't want to be seven years old and skinny and fall and break my hip. I want to have some muscle and some meat on me. So, you know, I turn in, I'm 70 and I fall. I'm going to bounce off that curb. I'm not going to break it. crack the curb. Right. (laughs) So I definitely, um, I definitely have a really much healthier approach to eating these days. And, um, I mean, maybe on the weekends when you see me binge eating my French fries, you might not think it's that healthy, but if you follow me through the week, you'll know that I'm pretty on point all week long. And, um, and so I just try to try to have a balance because 
some of these diets out there, especially like the paleo diet, you know, you're restricting everything, everything. So you, you do these whole 30 challenges, which are great, but a lot of people that I see do them, they, as soon as the 30 days is up, they're a, a completely the complete opposite direction for weeks. It's not like a couple days of having fun on the weekend. It's like weeks and weeks of binge eating because they just did this the whole 30 that was so restrictive. And then it's like, they just, it, you can't maintain sometimes that lifestyle. So you need to find a little bit of a balance with what works. So I try to be pretty healthy, you know, five days a week. And then on a couple days a week, I, I don't even think about it. If I want to get up and go out to breakfast or I want to you know, skip a meal even, I'm okay with it. I'll get my next meal and I'll I'll be fine. Because you so. have the balance. I, I think try balance to, yeah. is the yep. key there. You know, I'm also not a physique athlete either. I think with bodybuilding and physique sports, I mean, you have to be so regimented. I'm a power lifter, so my six pack doesn't always poke through my, you know, my, my stomach, but I'm okay with that. It's, it's not, it's not like I'm holding a lot of flab either, so. No, definitely not. And no. I, th I think the fact that you've found a balance is and you, I think the most important part is something that I've learned in the last two years or so. It's not what you eat, but it's when you eat it. Yeah, the timing is everything. Yep, definitely. Because, you know, French fries for breakfast is going to ruin you. But if you just did a heavy deadlift session, those French fries might really benefit you. Exactly. <laughs> and it sounds like you have a really good... Really yeah, so I did that, that. that. Actually, I did the Renaissance periodization. I paid for it, did the three months... I think I did that two years ago now almost. It'll be two years this October, and I've I'm maintained consistently. I haven't done another cut. I did a cut with them because you can do a bulking or a cut. Um, and so I did the cut, and then you want to do maintenance, and I was happy with the weight that I achieved. I competed at the 165 weight class, and I maintain a body weight somewhere between 167 and 170 all year round until the meets. So I train around 170, and I cut to 165 for the meats and um you swing down just a little for bit two years i've been able to c consistently do that with this with you know now that i've done the cut i've gotten to where i want to go i can do this you know eat well through the week and then you know not worry about it on the weekends and i haven't my weight hasn't budged so i'm happy wow. with that that's interesting so the renaissance period is it is that what it is renaissance yep. period Periodization, word. yeah. Thank you. RP I'll diet. I'll, say, I'll let you RP say that. RP diet, yep. It's actually one of the best I've ever found, and it's really... So when I was an endurance athlete, all you had to do was restrict your calorie intake. You lose weight. It doesn't really affect your... For me, it didn't really affect my elliptical training or my running <laughs> right. seven miles a day, you know? So I came to strength training, and I thought, okay, well, I want to lean out, so I restrict my calories. Well, now I'm getting weaker. I'm not putting... I'm, my numbers on the bar are getting less, and I'm not making any gains. So I realized this is not... You can't do the same thing in strength training that you do with endurance. You can't just restrict calories in calories expended and lo you know lose weight that way. So that's why I ended up paying the money, and I was like the, the education I got from that was immeasurable. So. And I got to imagine that you're just happier being able to eat, like oh, under heck yeah. understanding what to eat mm -hmm. and having the freedom. I feel like I have control over my weight now. So and control over, you know, wet like. Just the diet in general, yeah. Versus, you're always five pounds from your weight. Yeah, always, so. at the most, yeah. So. Right, and to get to the meat, what do you just do, like a little dehydration, just a little less water Honestly, to swing down? Or? maybe um, the Sunday, the weekend before the meat, I start, like, I, I start chugging water, actually. Like, okay. up, like, really pounding the water to start, you know, um, cycling that through. Um, 
I start hydrating really a lot and then I start limiting my carbs, whether that's a couple apples that I don't eat during the day or, or I just mi limit the carbs because the week before the meet, you're not training either. Typically right. you take the week off. So I don't need to eat my carb loaded meals at night uh, after my training. I won't be training. So I just limit my carbs a little bit. Um, and then, you know, get to the weigh in. I'm, I usually don't even need to do a, a water cut. A couple times I've had to do a two pound water cut in the shower, which was like 20 minutes of sweating, sweating out of the shower, which I don't even need to do. So I'm not, you know, it takes away so much from your actual competition that it's not even worth it. So, so restricting the carbs, pounding water. And then like the day before weigh-ins, I, I limit the water intake and just try to pee everything out and tends to, you know, works pretty well. Oh yeah. And then you weigh in 24 hours before the meet and just pig out. So and that is the real day. <laughs> That's the way I do it. Some people have a very strict way of doing it. That's the way I do it though. Maddie, I, I got to imagine that hearing that she doesn't need to do the massive weight cuts or yeah. isn't even worried about getting the weight must make you feel good about, because I think that's one of the worst, personally, I hate like weight classes and people who train at 200 and swing down to 181, yeah. I think that's like the worst part about powerlifting, personally, yeah. because people are 181 for three seconds when they step on that and scale, they go eat. and then they go eat, and they're never 181 during the training. No, no. And it's not like I am going to say, well, hey, I'm stronger than you because I actually walk around at 198 and you walk around at 220 to swing down to 198. I just think it makes more sense to compete at the weight that you are. Well, you can also compete in the, like the USAPL that has same-day weigh-ins. So you're not going to be seeing these drastic weight cuts on those meets. That's so, a very good point. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's some federations out there, but this is just like wrestling in high school. I mean, you, you, they did the same thing. They had weigh-ins. They cut a ton of weight, and then they'd right. get in their weight class, they'd go put on the f eat food, and it's like a lot of sports that you do these weight cuts. And, you know, I'm actually a little, if you go with that mentality, I'm at a disadvantage because I'm only cutting five pounds. I have people in my weight class that are probably training at 181, 190 that are cutting down Swinging to 165. all the way down. Right. So, I mean, even, so you just, I don't know, it's hard to say just because, you know, some people train more. It, the weight classes are, are going to be skewed. You know, you've got a wide range of weights in those weight classes. So, that people just they find the numbers they want to hit, and where they want to hit them is what happens. That's the other thing. If you're new at this, you don't. It shouldn't. If you're not you breaking should, no, records, you shouldn't and you're be not, doing that. You shouldn't be cutting into. We a talked class. about that like in the first. Exactly how yeah. I feel. Unless I mean, you're trying to break a world meet, record. I mean, if it's your first meet, your sixth meet, and you're still nowhere near a record, what is the point? Go in and have fun. Step on keep the scale. See what you weigh. Keep getting bigger numbers. It's not, you don't need to worry about these weight classes at the at that point in time. Mm. When you start to get in a little bit more competitive range, then, I then might you even start say, to... I might even say go up. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. So ridiculous <laughs> like, when I yeah. hear about it. But Do we, Maddie, is there yeah. a lot of people here that do big weight cuts? I, I feel like there aren't. Most of, I mean, most of the guys I train with, it seems like they just kind of weigh no. in at what they weigh in at. These last couple meets, the that guys from outside of here were, but nobody that I know of here. I've seen yeah. some pretty drastic weight cuts. Oh, yeah, I've seen But cuts. I've also seen it ruin competitions, too. Well, what fun are you having, first of all? Second of all, it's a good way to get hurt. Mm -hmm. When you dehydrate like that, it's even if you think unhealthy. you've manipulated that the right way, you can still get hurt. You know that. Mm -hmm. Things are dry. Your tendons get dry. You're dehydrated. Yep. Things get hurt. Yeah, it's something that I've never, I've never done it. I don't really understand it that much, but I just think that I've talked to some people in the gym about, you know, just kind of a what if, if there was no weight class and everything was by Wilkes, you know? Yeah. And I think that it would certainly make for a healthier competition. 
Because at CrossFit, this is something we talked about, I'm pretty sure, on the very first podcast that, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no weight classes at CrossFit, right? It's just one class. Yeah, it's just male and female. Mm-hmm. Right. And it has so happens to be that maybe like 5'9", 165 to 200 is the dominant, you know, the Matt Frazier's and the Rich Fronings are the, that just happens to be where, who is the best. But maybe in five years, it's going to be 6'3", 240 or something is the, is the dominant. CrossFit class. Who knows? Yeah, because yeah, I, I've only watched one of those, but I didn't see anybody even in that size category. No, I think on the very... I can't think of his name, but there was an NFL player who made it to the first CrossFit Games, and he oh, was really? enormous. Oh. He was absolutely enormous, yeah. but he's up... He's got to do ring muscle-ups against a gymnast. Right. You know, how's he going to win that? He might well, be able to blow, their, blow him away in the clean-and-jerk ladder, yeah. or clean-and-jerk yeah. ladder, but he's not going to be able to out-gymnastic a little guy. Right. I, I only watched one of them, and that's what it looked like, though. Not too many big people. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of body weight stuff, too, and a lot of momentum. And, and even Olympic lifting is very much movement as how fast can you move under the bar. It's not necessarily how strong you are. Power lifters have more strength, p- brute strength, than Olympic lifters. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to... Weight classes in powerlifting is kind of important because somebody your size isn't going to want to compete against someone Billy's size who's 470 pounds and, you know, 6'10". Perfect. <laughs> like you, you, that's that's going to be a tough battle to that. But then you've got people like that are using steroids in powerlifting and people that aren't using steroids, and they're in the same weight class. I have, you know, I train completely natural, and my numbers are, co- are competitive against women that are taking steroids. So... You know, would, yeah. that's a disadvantage that I have, but it's my choice not to use. So it's, it's, there's so many things, if, you know, what ifs or this, I mean, it's just hard to control everything, I guess, or. But so, what are the meats though? Are they, are they, are they drug tested or are they, mm-mm. none of them are? Some of them are. USAPL oh. is drug tested. Tested, drug tested. Yep, yep okay. I could do that, me, if I wanted to, but. Um, RPS has just been a really great federation that I really enjoy being part of. And because my numbers are actually competitive in that federation, even regardless of, you know, the fact that I'm natural, it's, I, I don't see the point in changing my federation right now. So, um, <laughs> you need to get, um, so quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Supplementation. Yes. You are sponsored by Rec. Yes, I am. I take Rec personally. You do. Yeah, right. I it's love a that great, stuff. Yeah, it's great. That stuff jazzes me right up. Oh yeah, I uh, first time I took a full scoop of it, I could not fall asleep that night, and I drank. <laughs> I wish a, I had that problem. Yes. I drink a ton of like I am. It's not that I'm caffeine sensitive, but that stuff really gets you going. It wakes you right up. Yes, it what really a, does. Do you take any other other than you, you mentioned you take casein and yep. whey? Is there any other pro, uh, supplements that you take? No, that's, that's it. it. I take fish oil and uh, some uh, vitamins. I don't even take vitamins. <laughs> no, I do. I take uh, vitamin D. Sorry. Okay. And B12. I take vitamin D and B12. But I don't take any other supplements. I just, you know, I don't take creatine. I never really understood the, the point of that. And I just always kind of, I, I think really for me it's the diet and just being consistent with eating around my training. That's really made a big difference for um, my training. So... A few more. We're we're at forty minutes right now. There's a few things. A couple things I wanted to touch on. You mentioned Billy. Yes. He's got to be about the most interesting people person that's walked through the door <laughs> of this place. Mm-hmm. How did you meet him? I mean, so for those of you who don't know, Billy is uh, is a hell of a strong guy. He's 
pretty big also. Yep. Six he eight, four fifty, squatted eight hundred with no, nothing on his knees. He's gone through some shoulder issues, but yeah. he trains with your group of girls, and I think that that yeah, is so funny. Does. And I'm just curious about, like how that came to be. How did he start training with us? Yeah. Well, um, we met um, because of his um, some shoulder stuff that he had okay. going on. So he asked if he could like do a little bit of like training outside of um, a rehabilitation um, center, like my current job. He asked if he could do some work with a physical therapist while training his bench. He wanted to come aboard and get stronger at his bench, but still have someone on top of him about the stuff that he needed to do to keep his shoulders in good shape. So I said, sure, come on over and we'll train together. And, um, you know, it started out as like a, a, a one-to-one training thing. And then he just started coming over with the girls more and more. We you know, he started joining our bench sessions and our squat sessions and, um, our deadlift sessions. And, um, one day Jesus, we're watching him deadlift is something else. I know he can move that bar. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. I mean, he one day just like picked up and snatched with one arm, like 315 pounds, <laughs> without, even, without even blinking. It was just, he's just incredibly strong. That's incredible. And, um, and he's, he's one of my really dearest friends. And, and so one day we were training in the gym and, and, uh, I said something to one of the girlfriends of, uh, of the, one of the girls here. And I said, I said, Oh, good job, girl. And he looks over and he goes, Hey, you never say good job, girl, to me. Uh. And so I go, Oh, it's a good job, girl. So now when I see him, I go, Hey girl. And he just beams and lights up. We call him girl all the time. So that's where that came from. <laughs> that's where that came from. That's yeah. Okay. I mean, we went out to dinner last weekend and, and he's like, girlfriend. <laughs> he's that calling me awesome. that. And you know, it's just one of my friends that hadn't met him was like, so he, you call him girl? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I call him girl all the time. <laughs> he's one of the girls. Oh man. that That's awesome. So I know you got to get out of here in a minute. I got one last question for you. Okay. So when we talked with Emily, she and kind of and when kind of some of the broader topic of when we talk with Emily when we talk with you is the benefits for of strength training for women mm-hmm. versus doing cardio and you classes know, and exactly so I guess as a very accomplished strength athlete mm-hmm. very strong very accomplished powerlifter what is your advice for ladies looking to get into strength training I it's I tell them to find someone that knows what they're doing, like come over here to Dynamax or, um, you know, just get out there and try it. It's not that scary and it's quite fun and you get a lot out of it. Again, proof positive sitting right here, ladies. You're going to look good. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yes. That's that's what I'm trying to get across. You know, I didn't know what I was doing when I got into the gym. I mean, I'm a PT and I know a lot of rehabilitation exercises, but the specific powerlifting training was very foreign to me. I think... You know, you people people tend to think because oh you're a PT or or PTs tend to give the impression because they're a PT they know a lot about some of this stuff but they don't you uh-huh. don't learn this in school um, so we're all novice and we all and even being a training for since maybe four years max now at the most I mean and with it with the CrossFit and the powerlifting maybe five years I'm still a beginner I still don't know everything I'm still learning and I will always be learning and I'm always asking questions and people we're, we're all pretty humble if you go to the right places people are very willing to help you so you know I think it's something that people are a little bit intimidated by I do think that's one thing CrossFit really did help women is is to get them into a gym that lifts weights and touching a barbell so that's actually I think made a big change for powerlifting too it's really opened people's eyes women specifically to the strength world and I think 
you know, it's like anything in life. If it, you don't know it and you don't, you know, it's nerve-wracking and it's a little bit scary, but if you just get out there and get your feet wet a little bit, you're going to figure out you, you really like it. So, And like anything, there's injuries and there's lots of things that come along with it, but no matter what you do in life, if you're active, you're going to find something's going to break down or something's going to be injured. So there's always ways to train around it and there's always ways to keep bettering yourself. So, But I think you would agree when you're doing this and you don't have to compete the injuries are a lot further apart if yeah totally your, yep. your body's your, yep. your, when your, I first started limber. training I was getting a few a few injuries here and there um, but I think that was more the combination of trying to do the crossfit and the running and the powerlifting all together I was trying to do everything right. and, and making it more my training a little more focused I really Knock on wood, I, I've been pretty injury-free for quite some time now. So. Yeah, so what I try to get across to people is think how you feel, the people that train, when you don't train. Things get tight, oh, my back's sore, I don't know why. It was totally. sore because you didn't train. Yeah, well, I so, take a week off. Every now and then I'll take a week which, off or yeah. a deload week, and I think, oh, I'm going to feel great coming back. I feel worse. Of course. I feel so much worse because I just rested and didn't do anything and didn't move, and that first workout back is torture. It's, but, like, killing. You know, it's like maybe I shouldn't have taken time off, but, you know, your body does need some recovery time here and there. <laughs> you go away to vacation. Sometimes you take a week off, but, um, but it is you feel so much better when you're moving and, and your joints and your, everything feel so much better when you're strong. So when you have an external muscle that can support the joints, it just, it makes your joints. And even some of the people that already have arthritis, you get them, I mean, that's what we do in PT. We get people stronger to support the joint. You come in and strength train, we're going to help you and you're going to prevent further wear and tear a lot of times in and your joints. Uh, osteoarthritis and for women, the big one, osteoporosis. Totally, yep. Weight-bearing I mean, activities are what's going to help you prevent osteoporosis. You got it. And I don't know the I don't know the percentage of women that get it. Is it? It's pretty high. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly. But we can certainly avoid it. We can, we can slow the progression of it that if you've already had it, and we can, you know, we can definitely help prevent the osteoporosis. I've got two clients in, that come to mind. One in her seventies, whose bone density uh, score is just fine. And one in her 60s who brought it up because she was starting mm -hmm. to teeter on a on a bad score. Yep. And they've both been doing this for over 10 years with me. That's awesome. So, and they're, they're they, yes, they're doing powerlifting movements. No, they're not competing. They can just come in and enjoy this. They're getting stronger. Correct. Through powerlifting training. Correct. Through weight bearing, too. Yep. Well, Melinda, as someone <laughs> who said that she, you were anxious about doing this, you carried us right oh, through good. an Thanks. hour of I'm getting better. Even podcast. competitions. I get. I always get really, really nervous for competitions, but I'm starting to get a lot better. Well, I realize, like, the fear of failure. You know, you can only get better and stronger at, your, at what you do if you just learn from on. your failures. The yep. best lifters, folks, have no memories. Yeah. You just that. keep, you learn from what you, your mistakes and you, and you move it. on. You got it. So. Well, just like being, well, if you're comfortable on the platform and you're comfortable on this podcast and you do very good on the platform and you did very well on the podcast. Great. So thank you. Thank you again. Yes. Thank you I really guys. really appreciate it. This, it was fun. This went really well. We know good. you're busy. I'm fine. It's good. It's good to be here. Long work days, but yeah. So, <laughs> but it's great to be here. Real quickly, where can people find you? On Instagram or oh, um, on Instagram, yes. I, my name is uh, what is my name on Instagram? Doctor Hurt, Doctor Hurt uh, Dr. underscore Hurt on Instagram. Uh, I am on Facebook, but I don't put too much on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram, and 
Um, yeah, I, I work locally in, you know, at inter, at the main area, Intermed, so um, I do a lot of physical therapy out, you know, and I also a lot of training with, with friends and and other clients in terms of powerlifting, so. Yep, and you tape people up right here, so. Yep, I do a lot of taping, <laughs> yes, that's for sure, a lot of athletic taping, so. Yep, always helping with some aches and pains, so. Great, well, this has been a good one. Thank yes, you again. thank you guys very yeah. much for having me. Awesome, and it's a wrap. <laughs>